Get the max out of your tax refund at iMart Express. With two pairs starting under 40 bucks, you'll spend less on the have-tos and keep more for the want-tos. Our quality glasses are made in-store by skilled lab techs that take care of your glasses from start to finish, getting them back to you with same-day speed. Get two pairs of glasses starting under 40 bucks or two pairs of progressives for under 80. Our prices won't break the bank. Your tax refund goes further at iMart Express. Look around you. That car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 400. This is your weekly DC TV news. I was tempted to try to figure out a way to make this a really special episode, but you know what? In like a month's time, we're going to be on episode 500, so why try? Yeah, it won't, it won't it'll <laughs> be here before you know it. Um, I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Oh, actually, um, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Can we include that as a, uh, a cutscene? If you like. I mean, I uh, I was supposed to be in Mexico. That's true. Yeah, yeah the wife uh, wife broke herself. She broke herself the last time you guys had a honeymoon. She, she did. So, uh, like, I mean, we we went on our honeymoon, and um, day we, we were there for like five days, four nights. Um, no, five nights, four days. And uh, day one, like, we we got there at about eight o'clock. We you know we we got up, we um, had lunch. Anyway, uh, one o'clock that afternoon, she broke her big toe. Um, five o'clock that afternoon, she broke her shoulder. Mm-hmm. So she spent the rest of the uh, honeymoon in a sling, which. Um, I, I, pretty sure i've told that story before but we were going to do like a redo because we figured the universe owed us owed us a mulligan on this thing and um i mean we we, we made the best of it for for what we could um yeah, last year but the universe but, the universe said dude you didn't understand what we were trying to yeah do. Uh, apparently <laughs> we're, we're not supposed to go anywhere warm maybe on uh, on on any kind of uh vacations i i'm not sure um, well, you live in Alabama. We don't need to get warm. Yeah, uh, we're we're muggy <laughs> enough, I guess. Um, I I don't I don't know what what I'm I'm being told here, but like yeah, seriously, we were supposed to head out Friday, and I would have been back Tuesday, and um, yeah, so uh, she she broke her foot by falling from the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, the 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 hard question here is how do you break the thing that's closest to the ground? When you fall from it, I've done it. <laughs> I haven't managed that one, man. That that's um, I've done it twice. That's clumsy 2.0. I I haven't been able to pull that one off. Fifth metatarsal, fifth metatarsal on each foot. I've broken. She had a, uh, a, a Jones fracture. Put all of your weight onto it. It's a, it's a Jones fracture or, uh, is the medical term, and they nickname it a ballerina fracture. And and uh, Christian heard that and laughed mm. and went, "That's <laughs> the first time I've ever been accused of being a ballerina." <laughs> oh so that poor thing's been rolling around in a scooter she's got one i call it like a wide receiver scooter it's that Mm -hmm. thing that like supports one of your legs so you don't have to so she's not like non-weight bearing for like (laughs) like six weeks probably (laughs) that's rough oh yeah so uh that's rough we're not supposed to have vacations Mm -hmm. Uh, and and just Mm -hmm. to 
just just to dig this nail in, I have like a I, I have like a Spanish dictionary sends me like a word of the day. Today's word of the day: veraneador, to spend the summer, to spend one's summer vacation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that word, nor did I know that word was um, disappointing until today. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's uh, it's been it, it it yeah it's it's. It's it's been interesting. Like the first thing I told her was, um, like I I went to pick her up after she'd fallen because she called me, and first thing I told her was like, you know I love you, but you're a ridiculous human being. <laughs> she kind of looked. I was. I know. <laughs> but let's let's get you to the doctor's <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I I I can't even be mad. I just I've just been laughing the entire weekend, just looking over at her with her 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 bad crutch management kind of laughing at her the whole time I'm not sure if that makes me a bad person but that sure as hell my coping mechanism so uh i'm gonna roll with it i don't know i have nothing to really cope with and i'm laughing at her too so i'm pretty sure i'm a bad person maybe we both are not sure um incidentally i uh after this exchange <laughs> i i can't recommend trip insurance enough to anybody uh-huh cost us about a hundred dollars to save about two thousand oof yeah that that would have been a Oof. Hard bills wallow. Yeah. So that anyway. was my week. <laughs> yeah, that sucks, man. I, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm finding new things to laugh at each day. <laughs> Through the tears. Yeah. Oh, I actually pre-warned her. Um, we did. We did manage to get like a long weekend still, so it wasn't the end of the world. But um, yeah. I mean, it is Memorial Day weekend, and we both kind of could get off like Friday, Sat, uh, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like, um, I understand. I understand that for you meant Riverdale. Oh yeah, uh, we actually binged uh, Riverdale yesterday, and it was. Um, I hated to admit it, but I was surprisingly into it. Yeah, I look forward to seeing it. I've I've just started Luke Cage. Now that finales are mostly mm. over, and Luke, I'm, I'm Luke not... Cage about the halfway point is where it really gets you. Yeah, I'm I'm like one episode in. Yeah, I mean it's I it's got some more, really but... good scenes, but like it it's a it's a good background show, and then it kind of kicks in. And it's yeah. a lot better show after and that first episode is it, it was rough, man. <laughs> hey, I mean I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's not it's not like a grab you by the balls kind of show, but if you if you give it a minute it it will get to the point where you're clicking next and not even thinking about it. Uh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> My take. I also recommend Legion or Preacher in your uh in your downtime if you have it. I'll get the Legion. I don't know about Preacher yet, but I'll get the Legion. <laughs> I am. Um, I found time for those somewhere in there. Legion looks just too funky. It just looks so funky that I'm like, oh, I'm doing that. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, preacher. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, like, yeah. Legion uh, anyway. take some chances. You want to do? Uh, want to do the news? Yeah, I guess we can do the news. All right. All so right. starting. Just want to bullshit the whole thing? Or, I mean, probably not. We can just talk. Just chill. <laughs> so over to Gotham. Mazus, going <laughs> over to Gotham. Uh, David Mazus wants to do a crossover with the Flareoverse. Um, he says, "I feel like we could easily do a Flash crossover because he travels in time now. The biggest obstacle before the Flash came out, when it was just Arrow, was that Gotham is set in the past, and Arrow was set in the present. We were not in the same time period, so how could we possibly do a crossover? However, now that we know time travel is not only introduced." 
but widely used in the Flareoverse with Legends of Tomorrow and the Flash, it's very plausible that a crossover could happen because they could come back in time and visit Gotham. I would totally support it. I'm a huge fan. I think that would be awesome. Also, multiverses, guy. Multiverses. Yeah. But, um... My, it, it, I well, mean, my favorite part about that is that he's keeping track of everybody else. Yeah, I like that. I like that he is. Yeah. That doesn't mean I want to... I don't want there to be a, car, a crossover, I don't think. Yeah. I just don't care enough. Like, I don't... Like, what? I don't know. I, don't, I just... I don't know. I, I, if it was, like, in a movie, and we got to see, like, David Mazouz as, like, you know, a near adult or something, yeah. hanging out with Affleck's Batman and all these cats from the D, from the CW shows, and they were doing, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I don't really care about it, a Gotham sh- crossover with any of these shows. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't... I, I'm not I, against it. Yeah, that's that's about where I am with it. I think, I guess. Um, yeah, I wouldn't go out of my way for it, it, but if it happened, it'd be oh, cool. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Gotham season three Blu-ray is going to be available on August 29th. Over to Supergirl. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you about the it's Blu-ray. That's re- really I, all there is on that. I mean, kind of want it. I mean, I'll buy it. I mean, <laughs> it'll be on my shelf. <laughs> um. They did a they did a promo a Supergirl Wonder Woman promo uh, new footage um, that's introduced by Supergirl it has uh, Melissa Benoist Kyler Lee Linda Carter and Terry Hatcher also uh, has the song these boots are made for walking and Supergirl is wearing the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman boots that she claims she quote borrowed from a friend uh, yeah it's it's a cool I mean, it's cute it's cute a little bit. It was cute. And uh, the new footage was pretty great. I mean, it was fun. I like it. I, I, I'm just kind of caught up in the hype machine right now for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So, uh, following the Easter egg from Kevin Smith's episode, Melissa Benoist was asked about the fate of the Legionnaire's ring shout-out. She said, the Legion ring, I believe, is on its way, but I don't know exactly when. Um, so, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Not not sure how to pinpoint that either, but still, nice I to mean, know that it's, uh, like, yeah. that it's in the air. You know, I've said before. I think Mono will come back with the Legion. Yeah, um, that was your hypothesis after watching him go into that little portal. Yeah, and I could dig the hell out of that man. I I hope you're yeah. right. So uh, something else I thought of that they're they're talking about casting for Rain has begun. Yeah, TV line is reporting that casting for Rain as a major season three Supergirl villain has officially begun. They are speculating that she might appear in half of the season's episodes. So, hey. Might be a up, pretty guys? strong presence. <laughs> uh, weird uh, weird news. It looks like uh, Floriana Lima, or Maggie Sawyer, will be returning uh, after agreeing to marry Alex, but EW is reporting that she will not be a series regular. Um, she says, Sanvers fans are beautiful. The best part of playing Maggie is getting to share an inspiring love story and representing the LGBTQ community. While this role was only meant for one season, I'm excited to appear in season three as we see the Supergirl story unfold. Hashtag Sanvers, hashtag not over yet. So she seems kind of on board. I'd read reports that she, uh, had accepted a, another role on another show. Mm. So, uh, you know, uh, so this might be more scheduling than anything else? Yeah, I think it's probably more of a scheduling situation. Uh, but Cat Grant is still a wild card. 
she was listed as a series regular in the press release, uh, but TV Line is reporting that Callista Flockhart is still not a given for season three of Supergirl. So just like last year, it will depend on scheduling. Yeah, she's um, she's kind of hard to get. Yeah, hopefully she the, the show won't continue to use her as a crutch when they need her. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a very small difference well, between like crutch and uh, gravy, I guess I'll call it. And what? Gravy? Uh, gravy or frosting or whichever. Uh, yeah, no, I felt like they were trying to use her for inspiration, which is what Supergirl should be instead of a jerk. Yeah, but it's also nice to have like Supergirl have a mentor, mentoress. All right, whatever. you know what? You know what? We'll just, well, let's just call this one. <laughs> let's call this argument we're gonna keep having this argument we, this is like the third episode in a row uh, not in a row but the third episode we've done that we've had this argument so let's move we'll, on we'll moratorium uh, this thing <laughs> the super girl i'm happy to call it round 10 undecided if you are <laughs> oh well hey you know the Supergirl blu-ray dvd blu-ray and dvd will be available august 22nd that's for season two. It will contain exclusive commentary from Andrew Kreisberg and Kevin Smith, as well as the full Comic-Con panel and featurettes. Um, I could deal with more commentary from more writers. I wanted them to explain themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it actually helps. Um, like, Futurama's DVDs come with commentary for every single episode, and I've, I've loved every second of it. Oh, yeah, because it's great, because everybody, okay, so here's what happened. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, like, in in some of the great moments, you know, you get to see um, the process behind that, and then some of the weirder moments, you get to see them kind of go, all right, here's what we were thinking. <laughs> That's why I like the um, Batman the Animated Series sets, because it felt like they were doing the, the episode, they chose, like, particularly, some particularly bad episodes to do commentary on. I think just to explain themselves. Nice. Like the Farmer Brown episode in Volume 4. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> like, okay, so here's what happened. Here was our idea. Um, this is what happened anyway. Yeah. Over to DC's Legends of Tomorrow. New art for Season 3 has shown up. The first poster has been released by Brandon Ralph, and the important part is that it appears the team is fully intact with Sarah at the helm. Also, Maisie Richardson Sellers, or Vixen, explained her presence on the poster at the Heroes and Villains convention, saying, I am definitely coming back next season. I didn't really have much of a problem with her, as I recall, except for that last bit where it was sort of like, what's she doing? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, whatever. Pretty good actress. Yeah, I'd be happy to have her back. Yeah, sure. I'm just, as as I've stated many times before, way, way more worried about Rex. Yeah. Uh, so, over to Arrow, Barrowman John, that is, posts goodbye. He says, by now you know that Malcolm Merlin is no more. I know they've done it off camera, but I'm here to tell you I won't be coming back next season. I want you to know how wonderful it has been for the last five years to be part of the Arrow universe and all the shows connected to it. He added, I'm very sad to be leaving the Arrowverse. I love playing Malcolm Merlin. As sad as it may be, I understand how shows must change, and also characters must change and develop, something that his character never did. <laughs> uh, well, I mean... They tried to shoehorn a thing in, but, you know... They they did <laughs> no, mention it fair. in the right... It, it, like, it, at the last minute, they did pull it in for him. And, uh, yeah. To be fair, they they he's it's been very clear that he cares deeply for Thea. He loves her. 
I, you know, in his own twisted way, wanted to be her father. Yeah. And um, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of just being a dick to be a dick a little bit. But <laughs> that's still, that's a worthy cause. I don't, I don't judge it. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a worthy cause. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he uh, in in his in his last moments, um, I'm paraphrasing deeply, but like, uh, you mean you may never. Uh, see yourself as my daughter but i'll always be your father no you may never see me as your father but you'll always be my daughter there you go <sighs> which you know doesn't hit quite as hard since guardians volume two but whatever <laughs> all right just just because they knocked it out of the park doesn't mean that arrow didn't did it didn't do a damn good job here <laughs> Or that Barrowman and uh, Thea look, didn't kind of kill it in that scene, because they did. Look, look, they look, did. Man. Hey, yes, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 knocked that out of the park, as you put it. But that doesn't justify Arrow doing a punt. <laughs> I'm not going to agree that was a punt. I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the, yeah, the, the, the scene itself, well played. Um, the dialogue above average frankly and uh <laughs> for arrow yeah at least for arrow and um it was a good way to go and i i, I kind of appreciate barrowman coming on and, and mentioning like yeah i know i doubt off screen but that's for real uh-huh because it, it's it's a I, comics I thing you unless you see the body right i mean even well okay in a co- it's a television and movies thing unless you see the body a comics thing, you can see the body. That's true. You can watch it be burnt to a crisp. For some, someone will clone you. That's true. I mean, in the comics, or like, in Wolverine's we've seen case, Wolverine thrown into the sun. Yeah, my still point fine. exactly. But um, you know, I I didn't really feel it as much as I felt like I should have for for. Uh, well, Merlin I don't and, think and the, uh, that uh, like. It, they did a good job of justifying his actions, and I, yes. like, I saw where he was going, I liked what he did, and it made sense for his character, but they also didn't build up to it. And I'm no, not sure that's a I, bad thing. I'm actually, I, 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 I can kind of get along with that to some extent. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Because yeah, I, what's happening to us? We're, we're getting... We're getting real uh, disagreeable with each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cost of actually having opinions. Maybe Anferny is right. We are we are starting to get like an old married couple. Uh, you never know. The um Anyway. I mean I, I haven't hired a divorce lawyer so far, so All right. I think we're hanging in there. Alright, but I have it I have hired a, an assassin on the dark web. Oh, good. <laughs> Back of the head, Dave. It's my only request. Back of the head. Uh, Quick and simple. I was listening. I was listening to uh, Mike out. Berbiglia. I was listening to Mike Berbiglia earlier this week, and he cracked me up with this bit about uh, the Lincoln Hotel, where it's like they're just attributing common quotes to Abraham Lincoln now. Mm-hmm. On the, <laughs> it's like you can't just attribute everything to Abraham Lincoln. And then one of the quotes, the common quotes that uh, he attributed to Abraham Lincoln was, "Well, we already bought the tickets." <laughs> <laughs> That guy's so good. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty fantastic. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there's a pro right there. 
Take our advice on this stand-up. If, if you're a fan, go check out Mike Berbiglia. Yep. So Stephen Amell was on American Ninja Warrior, sort of. It was like a Red Nose Day charity American Warrior, Ninja Warrior event. Um, but we finally have footage of him running the whole course. Uh, well, kind of. He he ran the whole, like, eh, anyway. No, he, he ran one course. He ran the whole. He tried to uh, do another. I've actually seen this enough that, like, I flipped by at, in the middle of the night enough to see, like, he ran the, the course he was supposed to run, and then there's, like, the semifinals course afterward. Right. With a salmon ladder. Yeah. But he hurt his he hurt his arm. Uh, his arm's fine. He he did some X rays afterwards. Okay. Yeah, his arms his his arms fine. Okay. But that was why like he um he he ran the normal course, got through it, uh, kind of like flawlessly because mm-hmm. Jesus, he's in great shape. And then decided he'd hit the, he'd hit the salmon ladder, um, just to raise a little more X uh, a little more money for his his uh, his run. Mm-hmm. And then he went to. Uh, past the salmon ladder, he even went to like a new uh, obstacle that literally no one's ever tried before. Some pegboard thing where like you, you, you. I, I don't even know how to describe this. You, you grab the side of a piece of wood and try to yeah. hop onto the other side of a, a disconnected piece of wood while you're in the air. I don't know, but um, he he actually he was a lot of fun to watch with his fans like he normally is. Like he um he engaged with them like there was it it, it was uh, lined with arrow fans. And, uh, Look, like his wife was there cheering him on. Yeah. And, um, it, there, there's a nice moment where like he gets to the end. You can tell his arms are just fucking done. That's what it amounted to. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can almost see him decide like, oh yeah, I can't even fill my fucking arms anymore. <laughs> and he still takes the time to like do this, like kind of gracious, Hey, thank you. Thanks for coming out guys. Kind of you know, like kind of outro before he drops into the water, you know? And, and yeah, I couldn't hear what he was saying. I, I, I made a decision to keep listening to Modest Mouse. Oh, that's fair. That's always fair. And just not listen to what Stephen Amell was saying to people. Well, I mean, the white noise for Stephen Amell is he's he's a, a, a he's good with his fans. <laughs> so you can just assume yeah. that whatever he said, it was it was very uh, yeah. I don't know palliative for his fans. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. And you got you got Modest Mouse instead, so it's not, it's not bad. Yeah, had a little third planet going. Ooh, that's cool. Little moon and Antarctica. Good one. It's a good thing. Um, you know what? I'll mess you up yeah, some days so, though. Listen to "City what? of Ashes." That song will be in. Okay. That that song will be in your head for two days. I'll avoid it at all cost. <laughs> now, for each obstacle he completed, though, NBC donated five thousand dollars to Red Nose Day. Um, he raised thirty-five grand with his course run. Not a bad, not a bad run, man. He said, uh, "Ninja Warrior was great." I got pretty far, but after the second obstacle, you'll see me before the third obstacle going like that to my arm. It's because I thought I tore my biceps off of the bone in the second obstacle. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't feel anything from there to here. I think, all things considered, it went pretty well. He said, I, I made it as far as I thought I could go. I, I'm supposing that was the part where he just fell into the water voluntarily. <laughs> but he's still, like, you gotta give him credit as a gem rat. Like, he... Yeah. He... He thought he tore his bicep from his bone, and he still did the salmon ladder. Hey, you know, I, I'm not taking him down. You know, I'm not going to complain. I couldn't even be bothered to turn off Modest Mouse to listen to what he had to say. <laughs> he ran out an obstacle course, you know, in the American Ninja Warrior. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> out of the two of us, I think I'm the piece of crap. 
<laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I, 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 I I remember listening to one of the commentators say like, I, I don't know, man, the guy's six foot one, nothing but muscle. Yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a there's like a gold medalist watching him cheering him on that I I, I think he actually outpaced a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a disturbingly believable that this guy might actually be that parkour arrow wielding asshole that we're watching. Yeah. By the way, I don't see this listed here. I'm pretty sure I sent you a link. Maybe I didn't, but I didn't get to read it. Is he hinting that there's going to be like he's going to have like the proper Ollie goatee next season? Oh no, he he alluded to it. Okay, he did. You did. What you did see me the link. Illusion. Um, um, he, <laughs> he mentioned it. Well, but he mentioned a few things this week because he was a heroes and villains, and he was just kind of filling questions like eh, I don't know, like it, it was a lot of a lot of question marks at the end of somebody's sentences. You know, mm-hmm. like one of the things that. Um, I I'd, like I didn't include in our news is is he wants to make like a 98 minute version of Arrow on the you know big screen. Yeah, I figured you wouldn't include any of that. But you know, because I wouldn't have. Yeah, it's just him talking, and you know, like uh, yeah. Emily Bat Records was there at the time to um, to pipe in with Batman. Yeah, she was, and uh, and even <laughs> then, like uh, <laughs> Stephen Amell says, like with you know what. I want Robbie Mel to play Batman, and and there's been a lot of internet spatter about that. But yeah, it, I mean, it's not so much news. It's just these guys talking at heroes and villains. Right, right, right. Well, I wasn't really interested in that. I was interested about the goatee. Yeah, that, <laughs> and that was part of that. So he said that he would, or maybe, or just a maybe situation. I think it was a maybe situation. Yeah. Okay. I, I think we're stuck in a maybe area with that. Okay. Which is weird for a guy who um, wears a, a full quarter-inch beard most of the time. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So uh, he did tease, though, season six. He said the theme of season five is legacy. From what I understand, the theme of season six is family. I mean, how much more family can you get? <laughs> I mean, we didn't we do all that? We had, like, oh, my dad did this awful thing, and... Then we have like a return of Moira. We have him kind of patching things up with Speedy. We have like Speedy's like, ah, I'm a bad person. He's like, no, you just, you know, troubled and whatnot. I mean, I guess the distinction there is the, the queen legacy, but yeah. at the same time, like it, if, if I had to pick, uh, maybe what they're getting at for the difference, what he's getting at for the difference uh-huh. is if that was the queen legacy, then now he's got to deal with the queen family. Like that was the past uh-huh. and what he's been left. Now he's going to be forward with his family. All right. And you know, what always helps deal with your family is a sick ass goatee. <laughs> yeah. Katie Cassidy. <laughs> Katie Cassidy was asked about whether black siren would ever get screen time with black. Uh, sorry, with white canary bringing versions of the Lance sisters together again. She said, I think that's something we'll definitely get to see next season. The different relationships, how each character will react. I don't know how Black Siren will react. I think she's very mysterious. That means that Katie Cassidy is not a writer. <laughs> that's that's what her mouth says. Because the, yeah. the writers haven't given her much backstory. Yeah. <laughs> 
But she apparently didn't know she would uh, come back. She said, I have no idea what's going to happen. I've been very transparent. I didn't ask to leave. I didn't want to. But I understand the whole, from a producing standpoint and writing standpoint, it makes sense, the decision. And then the decision to bring me back, I had a conversation with Mark Guggenheim. He said, would you, actually the day we shot my death scene, after I rapped, he said, would you consider coming to play with us in the future? I was like, absolutely. I've been here and I believe in the show since day one. And just because I'm not going to be around as often, as sad as that was, I will always be with the show. Um, I, I had already seen this this week. A lot of fans were like, what are you, she didn't even want to leave the show. And they made her like, guys, put away your no laurel, no arrow hashtag. It's okay. People come you and know, go. As a person who grew up in the late 80s and the 90s. I mean, she came and went. Like, we were reporting a few months ago, oh, she's done, period. And then uh, eh, in their in their to, press, they changed courses. <laughs> look, I mean, but look, as a person who grew up in the, eight, late, eight, the late 80s and early 90s and all through the 90s. We're 90s kids. Um, I... One of the things that I always wanted to see on television, and the shows that I gravitated toward were the ones that were already doing this. I, you know, I don't. I want to see characters that I care about bite the dust. I want to see that there are stakes. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, cause any spoilers for people. But I mean, let's look at Mash. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it came out in '72. I'm sorry if you haven't seen it yet, but they killed off a character. <laughs> But someone didn't make it. A main character <laughs> named Henry Blake. He was a fantastic, lovable character. Today, he would be considered a sexist. And he was back then as well, to be fair. But he was still a lovable character, and they killed him off, and it was really sad. But they actually like went into... like They did a great thing where they said, okay, well, yes, they're on the front lines. War is hell. This is, this is a comedy, but real shit happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's one of the things I liked about it is that, you know, it was a sitcom in the 1970s, but they weren't afraid to be like, yeah, guys go over here and they cheat on their wives. Yeah, they go over here and they freaking die. Even if they're funny, they die. Um, and it's sad because human beings are human beings. I would, I don't, you know, condone cheating on your significant other by any stretch. That's awful. But, um, you know, people are crap. <laughs> So <laughs> we, uh, we, we make lots of mistakes. Also, like uh, growing up in the 90s, um, Tara was one of the, the major turning points in like me growing up as a person. What was Tara dying on Buffy? Oh, yeah. Because that, that was rough. that was one of the ones that was just, you know what? Tara didn't matter to me, but it was brutal and and it mattered and they didn't there, there was no undo button and it was senseless, you know? Yeah, I like I like that it was senseless and it did matter. I, I, let me restate that. I did did matter to me, but I didn't. I never like really liked the character very much. Um, loved Willow and I loved her reaction to it, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, Amber Benson as an actress never really appealed to never me. Never connected too much. to her. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess I did on some peripheral level, but and she was fantastic. I was there with that. I don't want to be and unclear. Also, uh, was it Lila? Um, the teacher hmm? was it Lila? The teacher that uh, Angel killed Lila? No, like Jenny Calendar was her name. Jenny Calendar. And Thank you. That I don't was, know why I got Lila. That was the one that. that really. 
I don't know. That was like I think Lila was the um, Lila was the female lawyer on Angel that Wesley fell for. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. Okay. Um. But yeah, no. Um. But that was another kind of like uh, uh, it was. It was. It was senseless, and it just happened, and you had to deal with it, and watch people do it. like watching Giles deal with her with, with Jenny's death was kind of like a yeah the Jenny Callen turning point for me hard, when I was you know. Yeah, in my teens, watching television, <laughs> learning about the world, like, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. And I will admit, like, the, the Terra thing did, like, I was like, oh, 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 what, what, oh. That, that's one of those where you go, oh, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. And I suspected that, like, Willow was going to become, like, go, like, uber witch mode and, like, save her. Like, kind of, like, do, like, a time-bending spell and save her, or, like, resurrect her or something. But then she didn't. She just almost destroyed the world. And, um, and Flay's a guy because of Allison Hannigan and how fantastic she is, um, as an actress, she is solid. I, I really felt a lot more than I would have. Like Tara was never one of my favorites. Jenny calendar. I felt for, but to be fair to Amber Benson, she didn't do a bad job. It was just the character. It wasn't even her. It was like, I thought they both did well and they, uh, they had a great relationship between her and, uh, Giles. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking oh, about Jenny Callender. Uh, I'm talking about Tara. <laughs> her and, her, her and Willow. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Like I've watched other things that Amber Benson has done. I haven't had a problem with her. I don't know what it was about Tara specifically in the show. You know, I actually um, don't think I've seen her anywhere else. I but she did. Uh, I don't know. I, I I did care about her within the context of that show. I think and I really like they were on a. I feel like they were on a path to make me feel more for her, but then. They kind of got sideswiped into this concept of Willow becoming addicted to magic and then, like, wiping Tara's memory. And I felt bad for her for that, but, you know, it was... Uh, and she was fantastic and once more with feeling. Uh, oh, yeah. Great episode and all I don't around. Know. I don't know. I, 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 I just... I'd rather move on because I don't know what else to say. I don't... My own weird proclivities aside, uh, Amber Benson... It's actually a good point. We, um... Dis- pleasure with tara we have we have, <laughs> we have done our weekly accidental Bat other winter. episode yeah yeah um so <laughs> what what i was saying though is that i longed for television shows who were willing to kill off characters one of the most boring aspects of television and one of the reasons television is now starting to usurp movies is because Television shows have started to grow balls. I mean, I don't want to be sexist. Let's just say it a different way. <laughs> television, sto- television shows now have the guts to do what movies used to do, which is they're willing to kill off characters. Now movies are all about like the franchising. They don't want to kill off main characters. Um, so you're saying the uh, they're 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 switching like when, they're when switching you saw somebody in the main credits of a TV show, you knew they were going to be there the whole time. Yeah, and you know Buffy subverted that in the first episode. Yeah, the first episode was, we had a, a guy thing. in the opening credits that was killed. So um, you know, I think um, you know you look at Walking Dead, you look at Breaking Bad, you look at all these different shows, and they're killing off main characters whenever they feel like it. Yeah. And um, I'm down for that. I I want to be surprised, even if it means that I'm I lose somebody I love. I I really am for the uh, right for the right purposes. Anybody can be written off. Mm-hmm. I, it's nothing personal, but good writing is good writing. Mm-hmm. 
And then I look back on like DS9 and we were like, we all knew that like Jadzia was going to bite the bullet because Terry Farrell didn't, or Farrell, however you say her name, didn't renew her contract. And like it had been reported on like something bad is going to happen with Gold Ducat. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> I was happy that she, you know, that they were willing to go that measure, especially since she and Worf were married by that point. But it was still like, no, let's not tell people. <laughs> Don't be like, hey, the contract didn't Dear get renewed. Lord. So <laughs> I actually vaguely remember what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that is superhero that is girls. A, that is a twenty-plus-year-old memory. Yeah. Well, you know, not quite. Not quite. Don't rush it. Less. Don't 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 rush our lives. Twenty ish. Twenty ish year old memory. Ninety eight. <laughs> Eighteen year oldish memory. Nineteen. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Superhero Girls uh, is has been picked up at Cartoon Network, the popular YouTube series and directed DVD franchise. Superhero Girls is making the move to major networks. Cartoon Network has picked it up for air in 2018. Writer Shay Fontana says she's not involved in the new show. That's weird. And that it will be a reimagining of the current material. Again, weird and disappointing. A little weird. And uh, Fontana, as far as I've heard from the reviews, is doing a pretty good job with Wonder Woman right now. So, And with a DC superhero. So I, 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 I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing there. That is bizarre to me. What are web videos, the new pilot? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I give it my old I give it my old man ah, of approval. I thought that was your norm. <laughs> or of disapproval. It is a little bit of a norm. I thought that was norm, your norm disapproval. Yeah, well, you know, Norm's an old man now. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, that's the old man. You do a Norm. I do an old man. Yeah, it just sounded like Norm to me. Really? <laughs> to anyone who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, Norm McDonald, comedian Norm McDonald. If you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> go check out Norm McDonald. <laughs> he has a new Netflix special. It's pretty phenomenal. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. All right. So, um,. An official trailer has dropped for Batman and Harley Quinn. Uh, EW dropped it, and uh, it'll be released this year, but the trailer still just says available soon. Uh, what did you think, man? Did you think it was any... Did it shed any new light on it? No. I mean, it, it's almost scene for scene like what we've seen before. And kind of badly cut, honestly. It's kind of a bad trailer. I agree. It's a pretty bad trailer. Um... I was, I'll be honest, I was a little uncomfortable. Um, they started out the trailer with Harley bending over a table, serving a bunch of dudes, and telling this dude that if he touches her ass, that, you know, she's going to take him out. Yeah. And uh, I was a little, she's like in this like skirt with panties, this short skirt with panties, and um, we see from like the ass, like, you know, you've heard of the bird's eye view, the worm's eye view, this is the ass I view. Um, it's like a close up of her ass, and I'll be honest, I was a little uncomfortable with how much they actually articulated um, what I will refer to as cooter lumps. <laughs> that area. Um, I actually didn't. Uncomfortable with the vaginal mound. I, I didn't catch that, but I. Um... I felt like there was a couple of well placed curves. <laughs> <laughs> That may have accentuated 
Well, we've known Bruce Tim is capable of that for a while. Yeah. Well, you know, when when controversy sparked over the first premiere of this of this movie, I kind of went, ah, they're crazy, and um, they're blowing it out of proportion this time. Even though the content was a little less provocative. They kind of showed other provocative things, and I was kind of like, eh, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> be doing that. Eh, might be a thing we're doing here. <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, beyond that... Uh, I mean, between that and the killing joke, maybe it's just Bruce Tim is going to have characters have animated sex. That's that's maybe the last half of his I career. Don't know. We don't know. Whatever. I mean, look, you know, we see we saw what happened to Ed Wood... <laughs> we know it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Um, whatever, uh, you know. I, um, I mean, pushing it, past even that. If, even if he goes down, even if he's it, as one of those guys that's like, oh, we can't trust him anymore. We still have Paul Dini. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, pushing past any weirdness that I may have felt um, in, in the Batman and Harley Quinn trailer about in, in regards to cooter lumps. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the Floronic man, his dialogue seemed pretty bad and the animation seemed pretty bad. Um, not digging the, uh, the little, in, uh, whatever the weird pupils that nightwing has in his mask not digging that at all yeah other than that i was pretty on board i still am not on on board the harley quinn voice i don't like it very much it doesn't quite sound right to me i know it's a different actress um but whatever um do what you can no the the Uh, the animation's a little off and it, it she doesn't feel jersey enough I, I, I'm no, yeah, I'll, I'll get behind you on, like, I'll, on both of those actually. Um, yeah, the animation seems. Um, I I would have to see it. And I, like I, I'm not gonna. I'm, all right, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna judge on the trailer cut. I I want to see the actual film before I judge the animation. Yeah, but yeah, her to her me, voice though, so does far, feel. The... It's it's not like it it. She doesn't have that twang to it, you know. Yeah, it's it's. A, it's a little like a bad imitation. Yeah. I don't know. I'll 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 judge it, and it'll be on my shelf. Don't worry about that, guys. I, you know, I'll be I'm enough of a fan that it'll be on my shelf. But eh, I don't know. We might be looking at another uh, another mystery of the Batwoman here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so far, uh, Batman himself has actually been pretty funny. Like at least at least worth a good. Yeah. Uh, chuckle when i've seen him in the uh yeah. oh man so uh you want to get to listener feedback we can hey guys this is matthew from the superhero ethics podcast uh, i'm a huge fan of you guys and we've communicated a few times and i just wanted to say i was i've loved so much about your podcast but in particular i was listening to your podcast episode about the end of flash and the way you guys both talk without any shame or concern about the things that emotionally hit you and the times you cry um, as a guy growing up, I was always taught men never show emotions, and that's certainly a theme, I think, in a lot of the TV shows and movies that uh, we all talk about. You know, so many of these heroes are the big, strong, silent type, and I just – I think it is so important uh, for men to be able to talk about how these things hit us, and 
I've certainly cried watching some of these shows. I've cried some some of the DC movies, and certainly the end of Flash definitely hit me pretty hard. And I just it meant so much to me to hear guys talking about that. Um, one more awesome thing is you guys do. Thanks for the podcast. Thanks for the chance to speak to people, and I hope to have you guys on my podcast sometime soon. Take care. All right, Matthew, dude, yes. By the way, guys, if you haven't heard Superhero Ethics, uh, it's a great podcast. You should go check that out. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, man, we, um, I don't know. I was, I was kind of raised the same way in a way. Like, not like explicitly, but, um, I don't know. We, like, as, as a kid, I always made, well, okay. My, me and my sisters always kind of made fun of the adults who cried at movies, <laughs> like male or female. And, uh, it was always female because our, male family members didn't take us to movies <laughs> but <laughs> they um but you know as as i got older like i don't know i i don't it was uh i think it probably uh came about the point of star trek to the wrath of khan where i was just like sobbing at the death of spock knowing that he was coming back in the next movie <laughs> but <laughs> um and, you know, of course, you know, things like MASH and, um, uh, I don't know, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Firefly and all of that stuff really pushed me to be like, dude, you know, and it wasn't even like a situation where I was like, oh no, I'm not going to cry. But there was definitely a stigma, not just with male or female for me and my family, but just like with anyone who's like crying, there's always like a thing of like, it's just a movie. It's just a television show. Um... So, but like I said before, nothing really happened on television shows except for like those very special episodes, um, where something would happen, where somebody would have AIDS or somebody would, you know, get pawed in a car or something. Yeah. Oh, and, and also <laughs> TV got a little better. Yeah. Somewhere along the way too, where, um, I, it, I mean, it, it was one thing to, to, if someone made fun of you for crying back in the day where like. Jesse was hooked on caffeine pills. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I can understand why that might happen, you, even you, though I would still take your side. Hold on. Are you seriously referencing <laughs> Saved by the Bell right Damn now? Damn right I am. This from the man who gives me a stink eye whenever I play Survivor <laughs> Eye of the Tiger? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Like I, I get it. Like there's, uh, there has, there has actually been a progression, but that's, that's, that's you know, uh, same way. Like it's a wonderful life is still a movie that if it chokes you up, it chokes you up, and that's that's fine. Oh, you know what gets me is that uh, my life starring Michael Keaton and Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh my lord! Like that is just like I will be like an inconsolable mess for three days after watching that shit. Yeah. No, the 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 only thing is like I won't I won't judge a single person for having an emotion ever. I just that's not a thing that's in me. I I will judge somebody for having a bad taste, but that is an entirely different conversation. <laughs> well, taste is subjective, you jerk. <laughs> um. <laughs> but it's called taste. That's what you get to do because it's like if 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 uh, me and you and everyone listening to us right now didn't have taste, we wouldn't all be, you know. Listen to us right now. <laughs> right. It's that's that's I don't know about everybody else. I'm not listening to us right now. I I mean but I am. My half of it. By default. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little known fact. I don't even listen to Dave while we're recording. I just kinda say shit and hope it works out. 
<laughs> Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been magical that we've made it this far. Have we, though? <laughs> Have we? 400, baby! 400! Like, I'm surprised we haven't gotten feedback from people who are like, seriously, it just sounds like you guys are waiting for your turn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I... You I know, don't listen. I, I just laugh always... periodically and hope Dave's funny. That's, that's yeah, what happens. You're like that, you're like that freaking alien on Rick and Morty who just laughs every 10 seconds for no right, reason. Right, right. Um, I'm just kind of like hanging in there. Everyone like, Dave, you got to pull this in because my no, speaker's not um, working today. At some point... I, and I don't know when this was, at some point I just decided, I think it was probably around 20, 21 years old, I was like, you know, it's stupid to continuously like hold back tears because you're ashamed of feeling emotions. That's what we're doing as human beings, is just feeling emotions all the time and, rea- all the time and reacting to it. And when we go to see a movie or we go to watch a television show, what we're doing is looking for something to relate to, a way to feel. Um, so if I'm going to do a podcast where I'm talking about these shows, I'm going to be honest, you know, for as much as like, for as much as I go like, oh man, that, that shit fell flat. I didn't really care what they were going to do, what they were doing. Like we were just talking about with John Berriman and Thea. I'm like, it didn't fall. It didn't, it didn't connect with me. I didn't really feel bad about Malcolm, blah, blah, blah. But you know, if I'm going to go that route and be as negative as I can be, I'm also going to go to the other other spectrum and be fair about it and be like, yo, you guys had me, like, crying my ass off. Yeah, like, Oliver telling Adrian, like, you son of a bitch. It's, like, at that point, you're, you're, you're seriously invested. It's, it's... Yeah. It's, it's a thing. I, and, uh, for me, it was probably, like, I don't know, 16, listening to a, a few songs where I, I don't know, felt something for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, hadn't really been able to experience something like that before. Um, and then, yeah, probably, probably 20, 21, probably around that age where I, where I actually kind of felt something, I guess, from, like, uh, I, I've been a little short on empathy in my life. It's kind of a problem that's been pointed out, of, uh, pointed out to me is, yeah, I'm not as quick to it as other people are. Um, <laughs> like I have, I have to do it logically. Other people just feel things for other people. I just kind of have to work through it, do the math, you know. But um, so I was I was probably in like my mid twenties before I started like feeling things for other people and and getting to that point where I could um really just you know tear up and not give a shit. Yeah. And oh man, I remember. I I I, I gotta say they're not giving a shit. Came slightly before the tearing up. Like it, I decided I didn't care. Uh, kind of how I was uh, perceived, and then slightly after that, found my empathy bone. I guess I'll call it Your empathy yeah. bone. I, I don't really know another <laughs> word for it, so I'm going to call it that. And in, in lieu, yeah, and um, yeah, like it. it those are uh, the two parts to this equation. Yeah, I remember uh, it did. It well, really helped like... me grow, though, like as a person to to be able to do that, to be able to watch yeah, watch absolutely. these shows that we we love and connect with these characters and ideas you know yeah i mean i remember being in college and like just weeping openly on buffy and my roommate at the time was just like what the hell's wrong with you and i was like <laughs> shut up asshole <laughs> this shit's sad <laughs> um <laughs> and it even got to it, like, it got to the point even where it was defensive where i'm like i'm sorry for you that you don't feel this 
but that took me a while. Yeah. I, I that yeah. That's like yeah, that one. That one took me a few years to get to the point where I'm like, man, I'm I, like, I'm sorry. You think making fun of me is the thing to do right now? Like that you're you should be feeling something because you're a human. Yeah, I remember um, he and I watched Once More with Feeling because he was just as into Buffy as I was. We watched Once More with Feeling together. And as Buffy gets to the point where she, you know, sings the bit where she says, um, there was no pain, no fear, no doubt till you pulled me out of heaven. Oh, Jesus. I think I was in heaven. Jesus. And then like, it like cuts to Willow, like weeping openly that she pulled her friend out of heaven. Like I, he's, he starts making fun of me because I'm crying and I look over and I'm like, dude, you have tears streaming down your face. And he was like, no, I don't. I'm like, shut <laughs> up. You do. What's wrong with you? Like, are you seriously reacting to me openly crying with tears running down your face? Like trying to attack me? Like, idiot. <laughs> uh, one of my favorites yeah, was having um, uh, you and Bethany over one night to watch the, uh, the office finale. Oh, that office finale! Well, we just, it was it was it was funny. It was good TV. It's not like we cried for ninety minutes here. It's just that there were a couple of good moments, and that last twenty minutes, I'm pretty sure we were, we just, were just like sobbing, all sobbing periodically. <laughs> um. Just kind of like any one of us at any moment making the sound. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was what I was gonna say earlier though is uh, I remember like the first I think the first song that really got to me like I was uh, I was running pizza delivery probably eight or nine years ago probably more um, <laughs> and I walk I walk into the store and I've clearly been crying and they were like oh dude are you okay did something happen and I'm like no just listen to Good Night Saigon by Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, what? And I was like, friggin' nylon curtain, man. (laughs) (laughs) How do you not get this? How? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Oh, it's rough. Yeah, dude. Um, I, uh... Matthew, I appreciate the feedback, uh, man. I, I I really do, yeah, man. Um, well, I when it comes down to it, we just don't give a shit. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, but to society's credit, you're the first one who's ever brought it up. Yeah, and, and you had a positive reaction. Yeah, I I like I appreciate that. That's where we're trending. I just uh, to speak for Dave and I, we have been around each other too long and and have the same instinct for that so we just stopped caring a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) we just got way too comfortable with what would be called the feminine side we don't care anymore (laughs) and you know i yeah and you know i don't think it's the feminine side i think um you know i don't know i don't want to get overly i i i realize that um I realize that the material that I'm about to bring up is a religious material, but I listened to this thing uh, years ago uh, called Wild at Heart. And one of the great things about that is they talked about, and I mean years and years ago I listened to this thing, but one of the things that he talked about was, you know, how men are not able to, he actually got pretty psychological about how men are not able to express emotion because of, like, 
psychological wounds that their fathers leave about how like you know their fathers are unable to express emotions so then they like grow up feeling like they shouldn't express emotion and i just never wanted to fall into that and i you know absolutely i had those beginnings um so um i don't know i've always been sort of rebellious in that regard i'm like no you know what i'm a person and i feel things i have feelings and i shouldn't be ashamed of that and so i've just sort of you know I had to train myself to feel like it was okay to let that out. But, um, you know, I, uh, honestly, honestly, man, Matthew, your voicemail made my week though. Yeah, that, that was, uh, that was nice to, I, I gotta give my dad credit though. Um, I, I, he, he actually was the more emotional of my two parents here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, um, that's how it's been. Like my, uh, that's how my brother-in-law's parents are. They, they've, they've both got their ups and downs, but like, it, as far as the, uh, emotionality of it, then, yeah, I mean, my dad's been more willing yeah. to express his feelings than my mom is. So I had, I had a pretty good role yeah. model for it. You know, it's, and that's um, a guy that's like coming out of, you know, the early seventies being raised. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, like I said, I'm happy to be, um, whatever source of inspiration or, or whatever it is in that regard. And uh, happy to have you as a listener. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you do a mighty damn fine podcast yourself there. Yeah. And, uh, and um, we we really should hook up with them in the future. We absolutely should. Um, but, you know, it's summertime, so those pops, those possibilities are all opening suddenly. Finally. Because we don't have like a million shows to right. cover. Uh, anyway, speaking of a really good podcast, uh, popping over to voicemail number two. Uh, our buddy Deej Pinhollow from the Nerd Talkalypse podcast. What's up, DC on screen? It is your buddy Deej Penhollow over at the Nerd Talkalypse podcast. Just stopping in saying, hey, heard Dave read the number on the thing. I was like, hey, I'm going to leave him a voicemail. Why the heck not? But I haven't seen any of the season finales yet, the CW stuff. I don't watch those until Mondays. But um, I don't know. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> I just want to tell you guys I love you guys. Love the show. Keep going. Bye. All right. Um, I don't know what to say either, buddy. Um, <laughs> Thanks for checking in, man. <laughs> Thanks for checking in. Glad you enjoy the show. Enjoy your show, too. Yeah. Uh, when I can get the time to pop on over. I'll be honest. I kind of, I never listen to a full episode because you guys talk too much about other things that I haven't gotten to yet. And I don't want spoilers. <laughs> that is, that is. So, uh, that'll happen. Yeah. But, That's um, going to happen. Uh, but but Deej is good people. Yeah. And you guys should go check out the Nerd Talkalypse if you're all caught up. Um, they talk about a lot of different stuff. A lot of different geek properties. Uh, Rick's story on uh, on Twitter. OldManRick68. You can find him there. He says, I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who thought it was a terrible idea for Kara to beat Superman. It made no sense in the big picture. And uh, we did talk a little bit longer about this on Twitter. And uh, he agrees with me that she wasn't earned. It didn't really feel earned at this point in in Supergirl's arc. And uh, I'm not sure how you, where you fall on that side of the argument because I don't remember eh, what we said. I I was still willing to give her the the back door <laughs> that the Dio trained her better than maybe Superman did. But War World, yeah, okay, yeah. But he still he's been to War World, so I I I'm yeah. It's still a little unearned. I'm on the right? fence with with both you. I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, Travis Hines. This is the cat that uh, talked to us. He sent us a voicemail last week. 
Um, he had a lot to say. He said, awesome podcast yet again, guys. I uh, I agree with you guys that Monel will be back next season with the Legion. Very nice crossover idea. You will hear from me again. Love talking DC. And thank you for that, dude. Like, and he to be fair, he did say a lot more, but um, a lot of it was very referential to last week, and uh, I kind of wanted to kind of pull a close to that and uh, and just kind of get to the core of what he was talking about here. And uh, moving on to uh, Nerdy Tastic at Twitter, on Twitter says, "I was listening to y'all and saw a sign for some mechanical and facility repair, but I totally read it as Metropolis and Felicity." Um, we've done our jobs (laughs) oddly it reminded me of that bit from american psycho where he's in the club with these women and uh they're like screaming over the club music it was like the only movie i know of where they were legitimately like portraying the club scene because most movies and television they they're having full conversations without any problem hearing each other over the club music because yeah. the club music is like way down. Right. But in this instance, like the club music is just like boom, boom, oons, 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 oons. No, you seriously have to know sign language. And the girls are yelling at this one girl is yelling at Patrick Bateman in American Psycho, and she's like, uh, "What are you? Like, what do you do?" And he screams, "Murders and executions, mostly." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh." cool i knew a guy who's into mergers and acquisitions as well that's <laughs> <laughs> what it reminded me of <coughs> yeah <laughs> i think that poor girl's head wound up in a freezer um moving on <laughs> <laughs> to more pleasant subjects <laughs> um now I did respond in depth on this on Facebook, but uh, and I, I respond respond on all of this, um, but um, you know we're not going to put all that on here. <laughs> Matthew Ryan Cronin um, says, uh, "Pure question theory guess: What if season four is basically of the Flash? It's just going to be a riff off of DC Rebirth, and they're just going to flip Wally and Barry from the comic." Now I think. And this is just me, like, because nothing, it hasn't come out yet. Nothing has come out about season four, really. Um, I think with what they're doing, I think they're going to do a, their own version of Mark Wade's Terminal Velocity story. Yeah. I, th- I think Matthew is right. I totally think they're going to flip Wally and Barry, but not with Rebirth. I think, because in Terminal, Wally um, saved Linda Park yeah. from a seemingly non-corrective series of events. That would lead to her death. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Yeah. And uh, but in in this version, in Terminal Velocity, he ran like some. He's like he ran faster than the speed of the Speed Force or something, and he wound up becoming merged with it, and he went to Speedster Heaven, and he evolved and became way more powerful, and he became more confident with his with his powers and with his role as the Flash, and then he came back because Heaven didn't have Linda Park. So I think they'll do that, but with Iris West and Barry, and um, or I, I think that's what they'll do. And they've already established that Iris is Barry's no, they, lightning rod. Uh, yeah, they've already established that a few times. Like I'll always come back to you and little quotes mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, they can't go wrong it, adapting. We, we a talked Mark about Wade this story. before too. It's just kind of a kind of an eh cliffhanger for your yeah, titular character to be in danger. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but, you know, I, I'm okay with it if he comes back, you know, and he's not whiny anymore. Because I felt like that was kind of a real, that's been a, a real lull with the Flash, is that he's not confident, he's not the cheerful character he was, he's he's very saddled with uh, with the baggage of his past now, he's almost uh, Oliver-esque yeah, at times. I, I had to admit, and, though, uh, that was um, one of the bright spots of some of the episodes this season in The Flash, was like watching Iris get to, uh, Iris get to appreciate him with all the baggage off. Uh huh. Just that one episode. Yeah that that was when he lost his memory. Yeah. Um. So that was I, that was I'm really hoping, rewarding. But I think they'll do terminal velocity. I mean, they probably won't do it exactly, obviously, but they'll flip it and they'll mess around with it a little bit. But that's a good theory. You can't. I mean, you I, can't go wrong. You solid. can't go wrong adapting Mark Wade. Mark Wade is a fantastic writer. Yes, some of the some of the best Justice League stories out there are Mark Wade stories. Uh, Kingdom Come. I mean, Justice League Year One. I mean, if you don't like any of that, I don't even know why you're listening to this or any other DC <laughs> podcast because Mark Wade is like creme de la creme, guys. He's um, he's seriously. <laughs> What top five worst case scenario? I mean, yeah, if not top three. Like seriously, if someone I came feel like to if me we tried said, to make that list, we'd just piss a lot of people off. But still, it's going to be like uh, look, what Miller, you know, if, Miller, Gaiman, Johns, Mark Wade—they're all up there, right? If someone came to me and said, "Hey, we want to do, we want you to pick the people who are going to be charge of the DC movies and television from this day forth." Mark Wade, Grant Morrison, uh, Paul Dini, Scott Snyder, Johns, um, Jeff Johns. Yeah, I mean, well, she's already there, but <laughs> I just wanted to stay there. Keep your office. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't take any pictures down, buddy. <laughs> You're gonna be. Here. Yeah, and if we get a if we get a sixth, Joss Whedon. That's how much I like Mark Wade. Is like I'm willing to be like, you know what, Joss can take a hit for it for the team. Take it out. <laughs> yeah. Mark Wade is that damn good. There's been some so fantastic anyway. stories. Um, <laughs> um and no, I wouldn't pick Greg Rucka. Don't even don't even ask, because no. <laughs> well, for, I don't know why. A lot of a lot of people like Wonder Greg Rucka. A lot of people like Greg Rucka. I've never liked it, really liked anything he's done. Like he's never stood out to me. It's pa- it's like at most has been passable to me. And that's like across the board, Marvel, DC, whatever. Like I'm just like, eh, it's all right. Oh, that's uh, rough. <laughs> I take it you disagree. Um, <laughs> uh, what what I've seen, I I actually do like, but well, I, I mean, it's, I gotta admit it, though, he, I you're right though, his name doesn't like jump to mind as greatest yeah. ever. And to to me, like that's like that's not even like a really an insult. Like Greg Rucka, I would be like, you know, middling. If someone was like, "Hey, we need you know another guy," and these cat guys can't handle it, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, Greg Rucka's pretty be fine," you know. I don't. Um, there's no point where I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, Greg Rucka's a terrible writer," because he's not. He's a fantastic writer, but he's not as good as the other five or six I mentioned. Just never, and, uh, never done the knock your dick in the dirt kind of thing. And I'm not gonna mention names, but there are actual writers that I've read that I would just be like, you know what? We don't, not only do we not give them a job, we take them behind a shed and we put two in the back of their head. <laughs> like Captain Colt. Yep. <laughs> not really, guys. Come on. 
Jeez, you guys are sick if you think that I'm actually talking about killing people that I don't like their... <sighs> My gosh. How you dare weirdos. you? How dare you? This is the DC TV podcast. We're mentioning Captain Cold and referencing him. <laughs> All of his glory. <laughs> I don't know what that was about, but whatever. I don't know. Um, I, I know Prison Break is uh, <laughs> finaleing. Right. So hopefully he'll uh, have more time to show up sometime. Importantly, I like Wentworth Miller. I do. I do. I like the cat. And I reverence him too much. <laughs> On Facebook earlier this week, I asked, what was your favorite CW series this season? Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, or Legends of Tomorrow? And uh, here are just a few of the many replies. Scott Madison says, it was a pinched battle, but Flash still takes my top rank, followed by Arrow closer than it's ever been since Flash debuted. The consistently strong character development and performances on Flash tipped the scales in his favor. Uh, Josh McKay says, definitely Arrow, but in second place, The Flash. Supergirl needs to be Supergirl, and Legends, who knows where that's heading. <laughs> I think Supergirl is. I think Supergirl and Legends are desperately trying to figure out where they're supposed to be going. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, what you fair. tune in for? I mean, so, hey. I... I, right now, I have it as Arrow. I never thought I would say this, but Arrow pulled it out this season. It did. I, I thought they actually outperformed, and yeah, and Flash kind of it did. It has it. It has its hiccups. Yeah, it had a few hiccups this season for real. <clears throat> and uh, you know, the overwhelming majority on Facebook said uh, Arrow. Arthur White said Arrow. It's nice to be able to say that again instead of O oh, for F sake, Oliver. Um, <laughs> and a lot of props to John Segarra. Yeah. A lot of Josh, props. Josh Segarra. Sorry. Josh thank, thank Segarra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that guy did. Always a stunning example of professionality. <laughs> oh, thanks for keeping me in check. Yeah. The, the, that guy, um, <laughs> really pulled it away this season. I thought he did. Uh, Dylan Belcher, though, he disagrees. He says, I have to give it to The Flash, then Legends, and then Arrow. What? Really? Yeah, I don't know if I can get behind that order. I just... I, just, I don't know. I, that, I, I, know I, I know I can't get behind that order. I mean, for me, order. it's it's Arrow, Legends, and then, like, a toss-up between Supergirl and... Oh, sorry. Arrow, Flash, and then, like, a yeah. coin toss between Arrow and... Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, Supergirl and Legends. Yeah. But, Dylan, we love you for responding, buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um... Also, Scott McClellan. Feel free to like pull in and expound that. <laughs> yeah, do that. Uh, Scott McClellan said, "Arrow." I'm sorry. Was this a serious question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fair Glenn enough. Hughes. Fair enough, Scott. Yeah, Glenn Hughes uh, says, "Arrow." Season five has been tremendous. Made up for seasons three and four. Gotham next, then Flash. Loved how Arrow tied everything in with the with the island. Cannot wait for the winter for it to return. Flash, I thought, was very predictable. Myself and my mate Dan called HR during what he did a week before Love Gotham this season. Uh, we called it to, I called it, I don't know about Jason. Nah. I don't remember what you said. They've called it. I called it. They've uh, called it. But uh, Glenn also goes on to say, my seven-week-old son, William, agrees with Arrow being awesome. And uh, his his seven week year old son or his seven week old son was wearing a onesie that says "You have failed the city." <laughs> and um, you know the 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 cool thing about Glenn is um, he's really into sports 
and he thought he says he thought we were going to be big mates, but I said I didn't I didn't care for the sports. But I told him I was like we can still be big mates because you and me you like sports and I can't stand them. So we're best friends. So you know I think you should get up with Glenn and you guys should talk about sports. We can knock that out. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Hughes, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hit me up, Glenn. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Permison. Now this is a guy and he's, this is absolutely serious. This is a guy I know in real life. He was, he is a, uh, he was a member of the entertainment Roundtable, the, the radio show that I used to do. And Ryan responded and he says, legends of tomorrow, Gotham, the flash arrow and Supergirl arrow has started to make his comeback, but it still has a lot to do before I watch it again. Here are his suggestions. For what they should do on Arrow, I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna preface his suggestions with bollocks, man. <laughs> you should bollocks. Here Ryan. are his suggestions: kill Felicity. <laughs> I am already back. off board. I'm already off board with whatever's happening here. Yeah, bring Black Canary. Uh, sorry, bring back Black Canary. Don't have Black Siren on Earth One when she belongs on Earth Two. Kill off a certain supporting character other than Felicity. I don't know who that is. Have better villains because Prometheus was not a big surprise when you found out it was Chase. Whatever happened to Vigilante anyway? Actually, Vigilante's coming back next season, they said. He was a good villain. Supergirl doesn't exist because it is not the Supergirl we need or deserve. Laura Vandervoort of Smallville is and will always be Supergirl, in my opinion. Boom. Drop the mic. Please don't pick it up again. Short of <laughs> short of Supergirl being a symbol of hope, I I don't know where else I can agree with him. Uh, I look, I'm sorry, Ryan. I have agreed with you yeah. on on past occasions many times. This is not one of those. No, no, I don't know what to do with this. Kill Felicity? Absolutely not. Love Felicity. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily love her with Oliver, but I love Felicity. Um, she is the definition of breakout character. Yeah, I absolutely don't want to bring back Black Canary. Otherwise, we have no stakes. And I wasn't a big fan of Laurel anyway. Um, Black Siren, put her wherever the hell you like. I don't think Earth 2 characters should stay on Earth 1. That's called segregation, Ryan. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this other person you want to kill off is, but whatever. I, Diggle, maybe? I don't know. Um and that's called racism. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'm really not sure about who else. I don't, I don't know. I, don't I was know. trying um, to put that in context, and I'm not, I'm not sure. But Have better villains because Prometheus was not a big surprise. It doesn't have to be a surprise to be a big... It, it was not a surprise, but necessarily. It was but a good villain, though. For like the first... It was absolutely a good villain. couple of months of this season, you had no idea who you were dealing with. Like, a good villain isn't necessarily predicated on being a surprise. I mean, let's be fair, they had kind of built up Adrian Chase to be vigilante because Adrian Chase's name... And and Ryan is prides himself on the fact... He prides himself on not having read the comics. So I know he doesn't know this. But... <laughs> and he, he actually also probably doesn't listen to the show because he has said he doesn't think that we should be doing this show because we're not true DC fans. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, I feel like that's great standing but, for this back and forth. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, okay. To be fair, I don't know what he does. I don't know whether he listens to the show or not. 
Um, he did tell me that he was going to listen to the Man of Steel until he real or Man of Steel review until he li- realized it was over two hours long. Um, but it, he it was. Man of Steel that is like his sorry yeah. Man of Steel is like his favorite movie, but he didn't like Batman v Superman as much as we did. So I don't know. Don't I don't know how that. to feel. Yeah. Um, and he he has an obsession with Laura Vandervoort of Smallville. Um, I look. Here's the thing. I was in I was in a movie with Laura Vandervoort. Oh, cool. I um I was I did some extra work and um she seemed like a perfectly perfectly nice individual. I didn't meet her per se. Um, I was very close to her. She seems like a nice person, but she's not a very good actress. She's just not. She wasn't on Smallville. It, you, she was just kind of there. You didn't Melissa see her and, and and think this person Melissa reeks Benoist. of yeah elegant look. I was okay possibilities. I was in a movie that was not even considered a real movie by the people who were making said movie because I knew the people who were making the movie. That's pretty good downgrade. This was like a made for TV thing. It was there. I went for the experience. You might see me in some background scenes sitting, looking annoyed in a leather jacket in the very back. <laughs> um, she, you know, I watched her do this scene over and over again. And, um, she was fine. She wasn't terrible, but she wasn't like knock you on your ass or anything. Yeah. Um, she didn't ever really impress me on Smallville. And I love Smallville in a lot of ways. And I say in a lot of ways. True. Not every way. No. Um, Melissa Benoist knocks this chick out of the park. And, yes. you know, besides everything, Laura Vandervert showed up on, on Supergirl as Brainiac. Clearly, she's made peace with the fact that she's not Supergirl anymore. Yeah. She's uh, successfully passed the baton over to Melissa Benoist, and rightfully so. Uh, we've all had a lot of fun with the legacy casting. Time to let it go, Ryan. Now, Time to let it go. The noise saying goodbye to Monel alone was enough to just give up <clears throat> on the idea yeah. that Vandervoort was a better actress. Just done. Absolutely. We're done. We're done here. Absolutely. Conversation closed. Absolutely. It's, um, that's, yeah. I feel objectively over. But, you know, if you disagree with us, feel free to tell us and we'll talk about it next week. Because, guys, we are we are done. Do you have anything else? I don't have anything else. No, let's call it. Guys, we're DC On Screen. You know who we are. DCOnScreen.com for every episode for free. Every episode. All 400 of them. And this is the 400th episode, if I didn't mention earlier. I keep trying to woo. Gosh, we've been doing this for 400 episodes. That's crazy. Not a natural wooer, either. It's going to sound very strange. No, you're not a natural wooer. You should just stop. Yeah. I mean, I will um, now, because you're probably done mentioning them. Just leave the wooing for the women. For the experts. On the, girls, on the girls' night out. That's fair. Going to the Alamo Draft House, wa- watching Wonder Woman without men. That's fair. I don't know. That seems like a place where wooing would happen. Yeah, Doesn't pro- it? Yeah, probably. A spe- I don't know. If, does the Alamo Draft House serve drinks? It does. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I might identify as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I think we missed that airing. We'll be there in a few days, though. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. I'm kidding, guys. Whatever. Um, (laughs) Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, DC on screen. One word. You can find us. You can start talking to us about all this stuff. Maybe you'll show up in one of our episodes, and uh, we'll have a bit of fun talking to you online, because that's what happens. That's what we do. And um, 
<clears throat> the next time uh, you hear from us, uh, by the grace of God, will be a review of Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman. And I am so excited about that. Um, not, you know, and at this point, almost not even for the movie. I'm excited because there's going to be way less news about it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I don't mean it mean, but you know, by the, by the end of these, by the time these movies, like I wanted, yeah, the, I wanted the to jump on a river before the actual thing happened. So, um, yeah, yeah, like I wanted to jump on a river by the time BVS and Suicide Squad were done. I'm like, oh my gosh, can we do more movies? Oh, ugh. yeah. But um, I understand. But no, I su- I am super excited to see this movie, and uh, I'm excited that it looks like we're actually gonna get some good reviews out of it, and people are gonna enjoy it. I think and so. And hear- remember, this was about the time uh, when Suicide Suicide Squad came out that there were suddenly this like barrage of bad reviews, mm-hmm. and we we really don't have that going on this time. We don't, and but you know. It, every movie is a different um, experience, yeah. And now you've you can already tell. You can look at the clickbait and the articles online, and the non DCEU fan base. You can see that they're already starting to form a. And I told you this before. I told said this years that uh, years uh, months ago that uh, I you know at being at risk for being the Rush Limbaugh of the DCEU. Uh, I predicted this years ago. (laughs) No, I I said this. I said, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna be too afraid to give Wonder Woman a bad review, but they'll use Wonder Woman as a weapon against Snyder's Justice League. We're already seeing that happen. So, yeah, take that for what it's worth. Um, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy to see it. Uh, critics aside, I don't care too much what they say, other than it's going to be the narrative that I'm reading for the next year or two. Yep. Don't give a damn. I, I'm just going to go watch this film and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And wouldn't it be wouldn't it be awful? I actually had a dream the other night that like the critics all came out and were like, "Wonder Woman's amazing," and you and I like went and saw it, and we were just like, "It wasn't good." <laughs> like I don't remember the movie and the dream, but I remember coming out of the theater and looking at you, and we both just like looked sad. And I was like, "Was that bad?" And you were like, "Yeah, it was pretty bad." <laughs> I hopefully that's not what we're dealing with. I really hope that's not. I'm somewhat worried about it though. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you so much for listening, guys. Until the Wonder Woman review, which will hopefully be a very positive review, keep some DC on your screen. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico. Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.